Today I'm talking to Dr. Robert Stackpole, who edited the the book by Blessed Michael Zapochko called God's Amazing Mercy. Robert, it's good to have you with us today. It's great to be back with you yet again, Chris. So I think most Americans, most of our listeners will begin with wondering, who is Blessed Michael Sapochko? Yeah, it's it's not surprising that, that they might ask that question because he's obviously not nearly as well known as his spiritual directee, St. Faustina Kowalsko. So that's the first and most obvious thing to know about him. He was the confessor and spiritual director of St. Faustina, the great apostle of divine mercy. But he's also a blessed in his own right. So here's a, a little... Um, summary of his own story. He was born in Lithuania in 1888 to a noble family, but they were actually had lost all their money and they were kind of scratching a living off a, off a small farm when he was a kid. Um, but he showed some academic promise. He was really a brilliant young guy. And this got noticed by the rector of the seminary, the Catholic seminary in Vilnius, who also knew that the young lad had a kind of blossoming vocation to the priesthood. He even built a little altar in their home where he could say his daily prayers. And so the rector kind of took pity on him and funded him, generously funded him to go to seminary and, and follow a vocation to the priesthood. Not long after he was ordained to the priesthood, he served on the front lines in the first world, well, he served in the first world war as a military chaplain, but he actually served as a military chaplain on the front lines. That means with the soldiers in the trenches during the Russian, the, the war between Russia and Poland, 1920 and 1921, when uh, Soviet Russia tried to invade Poland. And that was by his own request. He didn't want to just be in the, you know, back at the military hospital with the wounded. He wanted to be right there with the troops in combat, hearing their confessions and giving them Holy Eucharist. Uh, so there's a there's Saint one. Stan would approve. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And, and Saint Stan is, would approve. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. And there's a, a very important mark of his character. He had the virtue of courage to the max. Uh, unfortunately, uh, as a result of that assignment in the trenches, he also got typhoid fever, and we almost lost him at a very young age. But he was able to pull through gradually. And after that, after the wars were over and so on in the 1920s. He got himself two doctorates in theology. He was absolutely brilliant. So there's a second important trait of Blessed Michael Saposhko. The man had the gift of knowledge, the spiritual gift of knowledge and of teaching. He was academically brilliant individual. Now, many will know the story of Blessed Michael after that, uh, when he was appointed to be the confessor of the convent of the Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy uh, in, in Vilnius. And... Um, so I won't go into all that, you know, his relationship with Faustina at the moment, but just jump ahead now till after Faustina died. And he had received all this wonderful stuff from St. Faustina about God's divine mercy. Uh, of course, Faustina died in, in 1938, and immediately the Second World War was upon them, right? And during the Second World War, uh, Blessed Saposhko assisted Jews in the city of Vilnius to hide from the Nazis and gave them material and spiritual support. As a result, he became a marked man with the Gestapo. And uh, in 1942, the Gestapo began rounding up all the Catholic priests and religious in Vilnius to deport them to concentration camps. Father Saposhko 
uh, actually hid in an Ursuline convent, pretended to be a gardener, and lived for two years as a pretend. And we actually did the gardening, I think, but but he actually, you know, hid the fact that he was a priest and pretended mm-hmm. just to be a simple gardener for the some Ursuline sisters who the communists decided were harmless and didn't. I'm sorry, the Gestapo decided were harmless and did not cart off to concentration camps. So he survived that way. And during that time, he passed on all materials about St. Faustina, Divine Mercy, Message and Devotion, to a Father Joseph Yarzabowski, a Marian priest who was trying to get out of Poland and get to his confreres in the United States. So here, Father Sapochko was, um, as it were, the source for all the Divine Mercy materials that went from Father Father Yarzabowski Yarzabowski to the United States, to the Marians in the U.S., the foundation of their own Divine Mercy mission uh, in this country. After the Second World War, you know, the communists took over Lithuania, right? And then Father Sabashko found himself under the communists, and uh, they didn't like him any more than the Gestapo did. So finally, he had to flee the country and had to go to Poland in 1947, where for much of his life, he served as a seminary professor uh, in Białystok in in Poland. He also founded a new religious order uh, after the pattern of that Faustina had laid out in her diary for the founding of a new congregation devoted to, especially to prayer for divine mercy. It was primarily to be a contemplative order uh, devoted to praying for God's outpouring of God's mercy in the world. Uh, that congregation still exists. It's known as the Sisters of the Merciful Jesus. Much of the rest of his life that was devoted to the scholarly side of promoting divine mercy because Father Sapochko realized that um, although it was spreading on a popular level, the, at a scholarly level and at a clerical level, the church was somewhat resistant. You know, is all this really in accord with the Catholic faith? Uh, so he did a lot of writing and re- research and writing on the theology of the message of divine mercy, including producing a four volume. Uh, thing called the mercy of God in his works, kind of Father Sapochko's magnum opus, right, which connects divine mercy with every single aspect of the Catholic faith and with all the main events of the Old and New Testament. It's a really a tremendous achievement. Um, and also he lobbied constantly both the bishops in Poland and the Holy See for the establishment of the Feast of the Divine Mercy, wrote many scholarly articles defending the integrity of the feast as, as how it would fit perfectly with the church's liturgical tradition. He died quietly in his bed in the 1970s, and he died also knowing that the church had temporarily put a ban on St. Saint Faustina's uh, devotion. And he died without knowing that that ban would lift it. But he didn't know of St. Faustina's prophecy that one day this will all, I know things will look like it's utterly ruined, but one day it will all blossom and flourish for the church. So he died in hope, if you will, that one day all this would happen. It's quite a life. Uh, it's, I think, and it's a mark of the sort of man that he was, that he had all the right enemies. The Nazis didn't like him, and the communists didn't like him. Exactly. You must be doing something right if you've got the right enemies. Yes. Yeah, it's part of the goal of of the good Christian life. Um, But let me play with devil's advocate for a moment. We have St. Faustina's diary. We have have a fairly accessible—it's kind of chronologically confused, but it's, it's written fairly plainly, fairly simply. Why should we read the writings of a man who was such an academic? What, 
What will we get out of reading Sapochko's writings? Well, uh, the important thing is we should, Christ says we should love God with our heart and soul and mind and strength, including mind, to the depths that we can. And obviously, Father Sapochko is someone who wants you to take you deeper into the mysteries of divine mercy with the mind, because you know, the know you, with God, the more you know him, the more you will love him. And not everybody is called to lots of in-depth theological reflection, but with Father Sapochko, he's, he takes you by the hand. You know, he doesn't just throw you in the deep end, uh, especially in this book that we published through Merriam Press, God's Amazing Mercy. Uh, it's it's a kind of next step book for those who, let's say they know the diary, they know the, maybe they've read the M17 booklet, uh, what we call the M17, God's, the basic uh Divine Mercy booklet published by the Marians, the Divine Mercy message and devotion. And, you know, they've got the basics down, but they want to go deeper. And if you can, if you have the time and energy to go deeper, I recommend it because it'll only deepen your appreciation and love for God's mercy. So, you know, what 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 uh, Sapochko does in this book is really unpack the message of divine mercy that's found in scripture, in the church's tradition, and also in St. Faustina, his, his basic goal is to think that Faustina says in snatches in the diary, here and there, or in passages scattered throughout, he reflects those in a very orderly way in this little book. So, for example, uh, those who are familiar with the diary know there are numerous passages in the diary about the Holy Trinity. Many, uh, many difficult to understand. Faustina has visions of the of the Trinity as three lights as a source of one great light, for example. Well, Saposhka, without mentioning those revelations by name, he unpacks the divine trinity from the perspective of divine mercy. Uh, the sacrament of reconciliation, too. He shows, you know, Faustina says, Jesus told her how important it is, the sacrament. It's a sacrament of mercy. He pours out his mercy on souls. Um, Blessed Saposhka unpacks that, the roots of that in scripture, in the church's tradition, in St. Thomas Aquinas. And so it's um, it's a perfect book for, for deepening. In fact, all these writings are perfect tools for deepening our appreciation of what Faustina begins to unfold for us in her diary. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's sort of Faustina 2.0 or or Faustina the Advanced Course, you could say. Yeah, that's what I'd say. Yeah, it's not for scholars. No, people shouldn't be scared off for that. It's not a, it's not a, um, that particular book is not for scholars. For sure, his four-volume thing is, is for scholars, you would say. But uh, this book, God's Amazing Mercy, is like the Reader's Digest version of Blessed Sapochko's thought. And it's really neat for yeah. uh, Divine Mercy devotees as well, because you're getting a look into the mind and heart of the man who gave spiritual guidance to St. Faustina, right? What was the light that he had by which he was guiding her? And you know, we think, well, why did she need guidance? She was a saint. Well, well, actually, she became a saint over time, right? She was in a sanctification process. Um, and and Spashka was the divinely chosen person to lead her on on that path. Uh, so, you know, we get a look in, into the, the light that Christ gave him to guide her. Mm-hmm. And what did he what did he bring to her? What did he what was he able to contribute to her as a, as her director that she she didn't have on her own or that she really needed from him well of course he he refined her soul so it'd be a kind of clear vessel a clearer window of divine mercy um some people think well 
So Poshko's role was to reassure her that she was on the right path and just confirm that all this she was receiving was from God. Actually, that wasn't his main role. That was actually the role God, uh, in which God put another of her confessors, Father Joseph Andras, uh, the Jesuit priest, who would sometimes uh, she went to for confession and spiritual direction as well. Uh, she had been through many confessors and so on, and none of them really kind of believed what she was saying. And they told her just to, one of them even told her just to forget all about it and just be an ordinary nun. Um, but it was Father Andras in the confessional who said, no, he, what she's receiving shows every signs of being from God, so she has to be faithful to it. And that was her great returning point, right? That was said, okay, now she said his words were like pillars of fire, right? Like God in the Old Testament leading Israelite with a pillar of fire by night. His words were that great reassurance, don't be afraid, Christ is guiding you. So Pasco comes in after that. Uh, Christ leads Faustina to uh, Blessed Saposhko in Vilnius after that, because he's the one that then picks up the ball and guides her step by step onto how to implement all that she was receiving and how to grow herself in her surrender mm -hmm. to divine mercy step by step through the process. So he's, okay. the, um, he's the tool of sanctification. He tested her sometimes through obedience. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, <laughs> There were two key points where he played a pivotal role in the whole Divine Mercy message um, and devotion. Uh, that's with the diary and the image. Now, some of mm -hmm. our listeners may know this story, but um, this shows how he really guided her and kept her on the right path because you know, Satan was trying to throw her off constantly. She was a constant assault, right? Um, with regard to the diary, Father Saposhko said, well, it's too much for me to, I need to ponder all the things you're telling me in depth. So rather than just tell me about it in spiritual direction, confession, write a diary, write down all that Christ is telling and every, all the movements of your spiritual life. And then I can ponder at it, you know, and, and take time and ponder it and give you better direction. So she began to do that. She wrote many pages and then the devil deceived her into things. She was doing the wrong thing and she burned it. And Father Saposhko said, okay, you know, you've been deceived. This was wrong. You know, for one thing, you didn't have my permission to burn it, right? You're supposed to obey your, you know, you're supposed to be more obedient to your spiritual director than you are to anything that you, you think you're receiving in private, right? And so he tells her, now I want you to rewrite what you, as best you can, what you, uh, what you wrote already, and then continue with the diary. So it's because of his insistence and his good spiritual direction that Faustina was deepened into obedience to the church in dealing with these supernatural things. And also that we have the diary and much the same, you know, with the, with the uh, image of divine mercy, Faustina receives this tremendous uh, apparition of Jesus saying paint an image. According to the pattern, you see, she couldn't paint. There was no one in her convent could paint. Um, she had to keep it all secret anyway, really. Uh, but it was Saposhko who took the ball and ran with it and decided, well, she can't do it herself, so I will find a painter to do it. And interestingly, he did this before he started this process, before he was absolutely convinced of the authenticity of all her revelations. But he said, let's see what this looks like. Let's see what God does with this. Found a painter. Um, so this, you know, on the one hand, he helped her grow in virtues like obedience, the diary. On the other hand, he helped her fulfill what she could not possibly fulfill on her own as part of the mission. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Now, why do you think that we don't know about him better? Why, why is he so often overlooked or underappreciated? Well, he's just over, overshadowed by St. Faustina herself, right? By her incredible life, her witness, and the diary, which people have access to, which tells us all about her, both her life and her inner life. Uh, and, but, you know, that's okay. I don't, I don't think Blessed Zapashka would have it any other way. Uh, he wasn't interested in putting himself forward. He knew that he'd been given a mission by God to, uh, to receive all this from St. Faustina, to discern uh, that it was true and good, and to then spread it throughout the world. Uh, so, you know, he was very much a servant of what Christ had given to Faustina. Um, it, we see a very similar thing in the life of St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, the, the one who received the messages and uh, supernatural revelations of Jesus' sacred heart in the 17th century. You know, she was the main messenger, the main uh, vehicle through which this would spread throughout the world, uh, but she couldn't have done it without the spiritual guidance and help behind the scenes of St. Claude de la Colombière, her confessor and spiritual director. Now, Actually, he played a lesser role for her than Saposhko did for Sebastiana because he died fairly young and he wasn't involved in the subsequent propagation of, uh, majorly in the subsequent propagation of the devotion to the Sacred Heart. But still, here is another example where God uses a, a spiritual director, as it were, behind the scenes, uh, where they belong, really, in, in such a case, to be the servant of what he's doing in the, in the soul of another uh, great saint of the church. Yeah. Yeah. So, so these two really go together. And honestly, this writing should be paired with the diary. It shouldn't just be, it shouldn't be one or the other. These, these really do kind of go together. Yeah, they do. I mean, to, to help really in-depth understand what's, what's uh, St. Faustina is saying in the diary, uh, it's good to read uh, this book, God's Amazing Mercy. It's only, a, oh gosh, I've got it in front of me here. What is it, 185 pages? So it's not some massive tome. It's uh, very easily digestible. And we, uh, what I tried to do as editor of this book was to bring a little of the archaic language in it up, up to speed so it'd be easier for contemporary readers to understand and to uh, also add commentary uh, throughout the book uh, so that, um, you know, Blessed Poshko's writing this in the right in the middle of the 20th century, a time when the church was uh, very deeply enmeshed in the writings of St. Thomas Aquinas, and most Catholics in their Catholic school would, uh, would learn their catechism, as it were, in the language and from the perspective of St. Thomas. Uh, that's not so much now. We still, of course, revere St. Thomas, but, you know, the language of the new catechism, the language of the... Uh, uh, the different forms of catechesis in the church is not the, the straight scholastic um, language and structure of St. Thomas that it was before. So Blessed Saposhko assumes that his readers have this, if you will, Thomistic background, this basic Thomistic yeah. background. They know the language of, you know, form and matter, substance, accidents, things like this. Um, and uh, it's that kind of stuff we needed to explain to the reader in footnotes and so on. And so we tried to, you know, clarify that. But also, I added, uh, as you know, Chris, because you helped me edit the book, uh, a bunch of commentary sections, which take what Sposhko is writing, his teaching, and provide a lot of pastoral application to it. Because uh, Sposhko is writing very briefly, and he often briefly indicates the how what he's teaching about divine mercy affects Catholic life 
but the commentary sections spell that out in greater detail. It takes what uh, the pastoral application of that and runs with it a bit more, again, to make the book uh, even more helpful for contemporary readers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, there was a period of time, as some of our listeners may know, where there was a ban on the Divine Mercy message and devotion as given through Faustina. And Sapochko was was writing, as I think you mentioned at the beginning, it was working during the time of that ban, promoting Divine Mercy as he could. How could he write this while there was a ban? Well, he had to be he had to be careful, of course. In this book, uh, he never quotes Saint Faustina herself. Indeed, he never mentions her by name, and he doesn't mention any of her private revelations. So, he, he really couldn't do that, right? In the light of the um, in the light of the ban, and also he was um, his goal in this book uh, was to lay the groundwork for people being able to receive what Saint Faustina had had uh, received in supernatural revelations. He, he began to realize in the 40s and 50s that it wasn't just enough to tell people about the image, the feast, and the chaplet. Catholics needed to be reoriented that divine mercy is really the heart of the gospel message. And he said one way to do that was to proclaim that message as it's found in scripture and in St. Thomas and so on, um, without even mentioning what at that time was the controversial stuff from St. Faustina. Just say, look, here it is, right? Uh, divine mm-hmm. mercy is right at the heart of things. So when later they hear, and when later they hear about Faustina, they say, "Oh yeah, Faustina is not, you know, teaching us something new, much less something heretical. Mm-hmm. She's amplifying the central message of the gospel." Yeah. What uh, a a teaching that hasn't just stayed with Sapochko, that has been the teaching as well of John Paul II, of Benedict the Sixteenth. And especially, and with Francis as well, with the extraordinary jubilee of mercy, I think that yeah, Sapochko, that mercy. Yeah, he was ahead of his time, right? And and uh, yeah. the the entire direction he took things has been, as you say, confirmed and ratified uh, by uh, yeah so many of the recent popes. You know, one one way your yeah. yours might be able to get an idea of Father Sapochko's perspective is let me just read out some of the chapter titles, right? Because to know what Father Sposhko is, is really all about, this, this really explains it. Um, for him, just like for Pope Benedict, because it was Pope Benedict who famously gave the quote, divine mercy, the central nucleus of the gospel message, right? Well, that's exactly what Sposhko is doing in this book, and in fact, in his whole life. Listen, let your listeners uh, pay attention here to these Chapter titles, you get an idea of what he's doing. Mercy of God, supreme attribute of the creator, chapter 6. Mercy of God, greatest perfection of the redeemer, chapter 7. Mercy of God, inconceivable mystery of the holy trinity, chapter 9. Mercy of God, summoning us to existence out of nothingnesses, chapter 10. Mercy of God, raising us from the misery of sin, is chapter 16. Mercy of God, shown in the most sacred heart of Jesus, chapter 19. Mercy of God, giving to us the most blessed Virgin Mary as Mother of Mercy, chapter 20. Mercy of God, in the institution of the Holy Sacraments, is chapter 23. Mercy of God, granted in the sacrament of the altar, chapter 26. 
mercy of God, solace of anguished hearts is chapter 33. Mercy of God, hope of souls afflicted with despair, chapter 34. Mercy you know, of it's God, funny, you could almost pray the chap the table of contents. You could turn that into a litany. Actually, it is a litany. I'm glad you said that because I should have said that earlier. The chapter titles are parts of a litany that he wrote, right, to Divine Mercy. Ah. And so these are the commentary on his own litany of Divine Mercy. Mm. Um, and actually, each chapter ends with a prayer, by, a little prayer by Shaposhka mm -hmm. to write to. Um, so it's it's a book that's not only a head trip, but it can be used for really deeper meditation on that. And there's Shaposhka in a nutshell, right? Divine Mercy is um, the heart of everything. Yeah. Yeah, which I think I think there we still we still live in an age in which a lot of Catholics and former Catholics don't know that. And a lot of Catholics are former Catholics because they don't know that. So this is just as timely as it's ever been. Yeah, a lot of Catholics I think now, a lot of Catholics I think get hung up because they think, well, divine mercy, um, okay, that's important. That's one aspect of God, but he's got a justice side too, or he's got several other sides. He's a kind of um strange, strange, multiple personality sort of being. Um, and they, uh, you know, and, and I, I appreciate that uh, that's true to some extent, right? It is true that God is also a God of justice, that he's also a God of truth, that he's also a God of love. I mean, go through all his perfections, God of power. Um, but divine mercy is not just one of the attributes. It's the attribute which gives us the, as it were, the motivation for everything that God does, his intention and everything that he does towards all his creatures, especially us, is mercy. So St. Bernard of Clairvaux said the, the strangest thing back in the uh, uh, 12th century, but it's, um, it sums it all up. He said, mercy is the causiest cause of all causes. It's a literal translation from huh. Latin. The causiest cause of all causes. That means yeah. everything that caused God, God causes to happen, everything that God does, it might be an expression of his power, his justice, his truth, his goodness, whatever. But underneath it all, it's also always and primarily an expression of his merciful love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hope, <laughs> a source of great and abiding hope, I think. You bet. Yeah. And this is, of course, why Pope John Paul II picks up on divine mercy so much. It's not only that Faustina was a hometown girl for him, right? She was from his archdiocese of Krakow. Uh, but also he saw divine mercy as the great uh, source of hope for the world. And he said this numerous times in his pontificate, uh, including his book, Crossing the Threshold of Hope, right? John Paul was, was all about hope. Well, and speaking of John Paul's close connection to Faustina, let's... Let We've got to at least mention the Marian's direct connection to Sapochko. I'm sorry, say that again, Chris. I didn't Blessed quite get George. that. We've got to mention we've got to mention Michael Sapochko's direct connection to another blessed and a Marian priest, um, Mike, uh, George Bachelitis. That Sapochko was only in Vilnius to be the confessor to Faustina because a Marian had called him back to his home diocese. Yeah, that's right. So how about that? The Mary, you know, all these threads, right? Uh, and yeah, uh, yeah but blessed George Matalitis, who was Archbishop of Vilnius, right? Um, and uh, that was, you know, spent much of his his pastoral life is in that very difficult position. So when we talk about Sapochko being under the, uh, you know, under the Nazis and the commun the communists, um, Matalitis was 
was dealing with World War I stuff, right? And the German occupation, Lithuania, followed by the Soviet occupation. Um, so, it, you know, they were all dealing with very difficult situations and somehow God's mercy was working through them to put the put people in the right place at the right time. Uh, Metalitis, you know, finally linking up with the Marians and restarting the order and, uh, and Sapochko being sent uh, yeah, to the convent of the sisters where Faustina was. Yeah. Now, can you kind of give us the thesis statement of why, what, what did Sapochko want to say specifically in this book? What was his, what was his kind of, what was his nucleus? What's the nucleus of this book? Why did he write it? In other words? Yeah. I mean, we actually, we don't actually know, um, I'll just mention this. There's a, I put in the beginning of this book a, a, about a 20-page biography of, of Lesset Sposhko. So um, people who read this can get, you know, in, in greater detail, the, his life story. We don't actually know why he wrote this particular book. There's no, he doesn't say, you know, I'm writing this book for a particular reason. But it, it's pretty clear it fits with everything he was about from yeah. after Faustina died onward. He believed it was a mission given to him by God to spread the message and devotion of divine mercy. And he had a charism of knowledge and uh, end of teaching, right? And so uh, clearly this was one of many avenues he was using, uh, ways to reach out with that. He wanted to put produce a book, again, wasn't for absolute beginners, but, but one that would uh, take people deeper into the church's faith and lay the groundwork really for all the Faustina stuff he was also propagating because he was also writing uh, scholarly essays promoting of the Feast of the Divine Mercy. He was also publishing and having sent uh, sent here, there, and everywhere um, booklets with the image the, and the chaplet in it, right? So he was promoting on every level, the scholarly level with his four-volume stuff and his Feast of Divine Mercy propagation. This present book, God's Amazing Mercy, which is kind of for the, uh, the mi- middle-level reader, if you might say, uh, those who are ready to go a little deeper, and then the popular propagation of Faustina's message, especially through the image and the chaplet. Um, and he even, of course, when he was um, in Vilnius and later in Bialystok, he even led special Divine Mercy celebrations on Divine Mercy Sunday. Again, um, the, the feast hadn't been proclaimed yet, but it was nothing wrong with emphasizing Divine Mercy on that Sunday because uh, it's already in the church's liturgy on the, the Sunday after Easter is the main theme of the of the readings and the collects of that day is already about mercy so we have uh we know that sapashko during his life would uh organize special um preaching and devotions to divine mercy on that day long before the feast was established and he would draw huge crowds uh in vilnius and bialystok to hear him and so these became all in other words this book is just one part of this whole array of Divine mercy, missionary things that that uh, Blessed Sapochko was doing. He was firing on all cylinders, trying to meet to address people's needs at all levels uh, with the message of divine mercy. And and how did that help inspire your commentary? What what really kind of guided you as you were going as you were picking which portions to do commentary for? And, and helped guide you in the writing of that commentary? Well, one, one thing that strikes me about Sapochko's life is that he too, I mean, he's blessed Sapochko, so we know he's, you know, he's raised to the altars, he's in heaven. But he, 
throughout his life, he was becoming a saint. He wasn't perfect from the start, right? He was in a sanctification yeah. process like all saints. And one of the things that obviously happened to his life, in his life again and again, is he had to face hardship, um, war, persecution, even faced a lot of opposition in the church for spreading Faustina stuff. And uh, in part, his reputation was partially ruined in many circles because they said, you know, why are you, why are you spreading this, these crazy hallucinations of this nun? And why are you, you know, why are you beating this drum so much? He, uh, he could have had a very cushy life with two doctorates and, and being a, 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 a big wheel at the seminary and, and in Bialystok. He could have had a very easy life. Uh, but in mm -hmm. fact, he faced all sorts of hardships along the way. And, and of course, great grief and disappointment when the church in 1959 put a ban on, a temporary ban on Faustina's uh, devotion and the spread of it. Um, but what, what was God doing in this crucible of struggles and sufferings? What he was doing was teaching Blessed Sapochko himself that it's divine mercy that can lead us through the darkest times. The most difficult obstacles can bring good out of permitted evils, right? What looks like to be just a loss, God can flip it on its head and, and use it for good, right? So he himself was growing in that. And you see that reflected a bit in this book. You see where he's, he starts to talk about the pastoral application. You can say, well, this is a guy who's actually lived some of this. He's just not talking in general. First of all, he's been a spiritual director to multitudes of people, including seminarians and thousands of soldiers uh, throughout his life, and St. Faustina. So in his own life and through the lives of others, he's seen that divine mercy makes the difference. It's what not only what gets us through, but, but in getting us through, all trials and tribulations makes us saints. So what I picked on that, this is the long answer to your question, Chris, about why yep. did I pick to comment on the sections I did? Um, well, what I picked on especially was those aspects of the book, which really seemed to me to uh, bring that out, that could take what he was teaching there and show, look how this makes a difference in our lives. Uh, it's not just that it's beautiful teaching that makes sense intellectually. It is that, and that's important. But in addition to that, uh, it uh, there's where the rubber meets the road, if you will. And it's the impact it can have on the life of Catholics today. Uh, and since that was so much a part of Sapochko's own ministry, bringing the message of divine mercy to bear on the real needs of people, mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was important to bring out in the commentary sections as well. Okay. Now, if readers have, take away one thing, one teaching from Sapochko, what should they remember? I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that question. You <laughs> You might ask me that question. I, it's almost like where... Um, where do you begin? But um, I guess for Saposhko, the thing to remember here is that divine mercy is not just one part of the Catholic faith, obviously. And it's not even just, not even the most important parts, not like there are all these parts there, and this happens to be at the top of the heap. For him, it is the center of everything. Again, Benedict sums it up so well, divine mercy is the central nucleus of the gospel. So that he even says explicitly later on in his letters that the central aim of my life is to spread the message of God's merciful love through, in the form of the Catholic faith, right? And so everything he writes 
in this book, everything he's trying to do, I read those chapter headings, saying, look how divine mercy illuminates the whole faith. Now, the Catholic faith is a huge, a huge corpus of teachings, right? It's somehow, you know, you look at the catechism and say, my gosh, there's a reason it's so long. It's so rich and manifold. So Pashka was looking for some, what is the thing that draws it all together? The theme, if you will, that helps us see everything in the clearest light. And for Sapashko, that's God's merciful love. So I think that I, I, this goes back to what we said earlier, but really the main thing to remember about um, uh, that from St. Blessed Sapashko was said best by Pope Benedict. Divine mercy mm-hmm. is the central nucleus of the gospel. It's the center of everything in the Catholic faith if we have eyes to see. And when we see it that way, it brings it to life. It's not just a table yeah. of things, a table of sometimes difficult things to believe, but it's a, mm-hmm. a life-giving gospel message. Yeah. And let me let me ask you then, final question, just what's the best way for our users, our, our, the people who read this book, to use this book? How can they best kind of appreciate it, extract its meaning, um, is this the sort of thing that should be done as a small group, or is this best read alone? Okay, I think that, um, to go back to something we said earlier, <clears throat> I want to re- reiterate this. This is not a book for beginners, so it's. I think it's very important for people to get the most basic knowledge about the Divine Mercy Message and Devotion under the belts mm-hmm. before you move into Sapashko. So I would suggest reading the the Marian's basic. Uh, Divine Mercy booklets about 90 pages long called simply called the Divine Mercy message and devotion you can order it through the uh, um, through the Marian Helper Center under the code uh, is we call it the M17 it sounds like you know James Bond 007 but that you know it's our it's our main uh, if you will secret agent um, that's the booklet that gives you all the basics and then I would read after that Father Chris Aylar's book and now that's, you know, the title's going around out of my head, is it? Understanding Divine Mercy. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, Understanding Divine Mercy. That's kind of the, the next step that unfolds a bit more what's in that booklet, really, if you will. Once you've read those two things, and I think those are foundational for all, uh, really all Divine Mercy devotees, then the next step is Spashko. And, and this book in particular, God's Amazing Mercy. It's a short book. The chapters are very short. Uh, three or four pages each, usually. Uh, so it's in very bite-sized chunk. And I would suggest the best way to do it is to do it individually. Take one chapter a day as a prayer meditation. Uh, read it um, as Lexio Divina, as we say, right? Uh, pray before you read it, then read it over. And there can be commentary and footnotes to help you understand. And it finishes with a, Sabashka always finishes with a prayer at the end of each chapter too. So through a combination of prayer and study in bite-sized pieces, step-by-step, you'll be taken even deeper into the mind and heart of Sapashko and Faustina and to the divine mercy. Thanks so much, Robert, for being with me here today. Okay. It's great to be with you again. And I hope to be with you again. So keep inviting me to be on, Chris. I, I love to be on your program. Great. We've been talking about God's Amazing Mercy, Meditations by St. Faustina's Confessor and Spiritual Director. To order God's Amazing Mercy, Meditations by St. Faustina's Confessor and Spiritual Director by Blessed Michael Zapochko, edited by Robert Stackpole, please visit shopmercy.org. This has been Sparks of Mercy. Thanks for listening. 
Pray for me, I'll pray for you. Jesus, I trust in you. I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you.